Where are we going? Welcome to this exclusive podcast produced by Spirit Watch Ministries that will show where life in our darkening times is now turning and how you can avoid the detours of deception through the hope of biblical truth. The Lord Jesus in Matthew 24 warned us over two millennia ago and how urgently we need to heed him now. Our host is Pastor Rafael Martinez, a seasoned Northwest Indiana-based minister, intercessor, and counter-cult apologist who will help you discern the journey of change we're all on as the last day of the last days now winds down. For more information, check out our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org. Now, here's Pastor Rafael. Hello, this is Rafael Martinez, a minister in the Church of God Cleveland Movement, And thanks for downloading our podcast entitled, Where Are We Going? It's a production of Spirit Watch Ministries, a ministry of discernment with the objective of helping you recognize how spiritual deception, which is a sign of the end of all things, as foretold by Christ in Matthew chapter 24, verse 4, has engulfed our world. We've got to open our eyes a bit wider to see clearly into a dark reality that is rarely ever understood or even acknowledged. There are others you know who need to hear this insight, so we'd appreciate your letting your friends, enemies, and everyone in between know about our podcast. We can be found on Amazon, Spotify, and Google, and links are found on our website and Facebook page. Thanks for spreading the word. But what I do, that I will do, that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion, that wherein they glory, they may be found even as we. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. One of the ugliest sides of spiritual deception is when it arises among those who you believe and even trust with no better and who have a capacity and even an appetite for a display of the kind of gross error that they walk in. And almost as ugly is the undesired task of discerning this error and plainly exposing it for what it is. To speak truth without fear in the love of God for His glory and for the enlightenment of those brutalized and ripped off by lies. Our ministry has always been founded on the need for discernment between right and wrong, and almost always when spiritual compromise occurs that empowers evil and sneers at the good. And it has to be directly faced and challenged in whatever headlong collision that the intercepting of error with truth will ultimately bring. Such a deplorable degradation is a part of our fallen world order, and I've taken no pleasure having to address it when it crosses our ministerial path from a direction it shouldn't be seen. There is nothing more personally insulting and infuriating to behold the examples I've seen in my just under 40 years of ministry of so-called churches and professing ministers when they're completely captivated by their carnal natures and their fleshly theology when it serves their own self-interests, not the kingdom of God. Finding them mobilizing the ignorant goodwill and trust of church congregations to energize and empower the religious deception in the same way cult leaders do, has equally bowled my blood pressure medicines off fairly quickly during the day, at which point I trust in the power of the Holy Ghost to keep me on the straight and narrow as I deal with my outrage and respond to it properly. 
and he always comes through as I yield to his passion and will and not my own. But watching so-called pastors wallow in carnal gimmicks that feed their own self-interest is a nasty affair. Some recent ploys included, for example, recommending Enneagram personality tests to their sheep, seed faith financial offerings to buy blessings from God, or their own ready demonization of those who question their high-handed doings. It's a revolting reality to behold. This whoredom with the world, entertained by such so-called servants of God, has nothing to do with the sound Christian faith. But this is sadly and tragically lost upon those abused by their evil, who exit their snake pits of spurious spirituality to dismiss Christianity altogether, believing that the cruelty and the sham they've experienced is actually what Christ and the church stand for and what are all about, to which I can only say a thousand times, far be it from that. And no, but it goes on anyway. So therefore, as a Christian minister called to preach and publish and defend the gospel of Christ within whatever places I'm able to do so, nothing more quickly also saddens me as well. It's often tempting to ask, what's the point of doing what we do in deserve ministry when I see a twisted church leader conducting themselves in the same kind of excess which some cults slavery of his constituency inflicts upon them? But I don't tarry there at that point. I can't. The reality of a real faith in Christ that changed my life decades ago and its healing renewal of it is something the world needs to hear. Jesus indeed still saves and sanctifies and fills with his Holy Ghost all who would seek a real walk with him personally. I still walk in that light since 1981. And for all who turn to him, Jesus Christ still is the open door to God's grace, no matter how shut up to someone it might seem because of the sham of a false church or crooked preacher. He's ready to free all those staggering under that religious bondage with a new faith and a new walk with him alone, if they'll only be just ready to lay their burdens down at his feet. Truth and error are still truth and error wherever you find their realities. It doesn't change no matter how absolutely harmless it seems to be in whatever setting. Even if the so-called church doesn't give the proverbial rat's rear end as to what the distinctions really are. This is why the jaded compromises seen everywhere must be called out for what they are, no matter who engages in them. In addition to what our reading here today said, Paul also wrote to the Ephesians, to, to Christians who are seeking to glorify God, that they should have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For one to be reproved or corrected, their errant ways have to be revealed. You cannot correct someone without letting them know what they're doing is wrong. We at Spirit Watch Ministries don't argue over what Jesus or Paul mean when we read what they say in Scripture about truth and error. We just take it that they mean what they say, and we do our best to obey their commands and speak accordingly. Well, the deacon's pulled up to his house in a truck with the proof all crystal clear. He tried to play it off, but he knew he was called, so he said, brothers, listen here. You can call the law or you can keep a secret, I'll cut you in and we can call it even next Sunday morning. 
This is why we've had to speak in the past about the errors of the errant leadership of the Delaware Christian Church of Delaware, Ohio, headed by a minister named Sam Rosa, who has chosen to display feral intimidation and outright spiritual abuse in his efforts to conceal a shocking laxity of discernment on his own part regarding the toleration of a cult's infiltration of his church. Rose's mistreatment of a now former member of his church who tried to discuss this with him, discuss it by the way, let's make that the operative word, discuss it with him, is one of the most shocking things that I've seen a so-called shepherd do to one of those who had called him pastor. It is a clear example of the kind of gross compromise I've just been talking about here. And since he has chosen to threaten me and our ministry with some sort of legal action simply for discussing it openly, the best defense against his own deception is a good, open discussion of the truth surrounding this pathetic spectacle. Now, let's make clear that this controversy is not against the good people or the congregation who are affiliated with or attend and serve at the Delaware Christian Church. Let me say that again for penetration. Let's make clear that this controversy is not against the good people or the congregation who are affiliated with or attend and serve at the Delaware Christian Church. It is principally with Rosa himself, and by default, those of his leadership circle who uphold these dark doings, these people being a small circle of fixers and sycophants who blindly believe any claim he makes about the nature of those who trouble him. Hear me now, Delaware Christian Church. Our outcry is not against your community or faith or your labor of love there. I have loved and prayed for you ever since I've heard this affair and commend you to God's blessings in spite of your leadership. I have taken the, the time to do this because of my love and concern for you and the spiritual integrity of your congregation. Otherwise, why would I even care to say anything? It's because I do care and do love you, that I speak now. Since Pastor Sam's cavalierly offhand response to the efforts of dialogue and public discourse that I've engaged with him last fall in 2022, about his seriously flawed judgment have resulted in his attempt to silence me by a legal threat for speaking out, it's now high time for us to respond. Rose's bravado now necessitates this podcast and public posting as a warning to those within his spheres of influence to open their eyes a little bit larger and to reconsider just who you are trusting as a repositor of moral and spiritual values in your lives and your community. At the center of this controversy is the Delaware Christian Church Senior Pastor Sam Rose's willingness to provide aid and comfort to a heretical cult member from the Xenos dwell movement to actually teach classes and freely fellowship within the Delaware church fellowship itself. Rose's belief is that this man, who will call Clyde, is no longer affiliated with Xenos and that his Bible teaching skills learned there could be tapped to build up the congregation there, most of whom are largely unaware that this is going, even going on there. Now, when I learned of this, frankly, I was just simply unbelieving. Surely, I thought, this pastor must be mistaken. Maybe Clyde's not really a Xenos member. This must be a misunderstanding, I kept thinking. But after a phone call and a 90-minute personal meeting with me last fall, 
Rosa confirmed he's aware of his status and yet had signed off and giving teaching authority to Clyde there at the Delaware Christian Church, believing that grace in his ministry covers everything and that his elders' surveillance upon him was an ample safeguard. Now, Sam's sharp defensiveness and his feigned humility about giving anyone second chances was part of his response to my questions, even then. So he himself has confirmed that this is what he has chosen to do. We learned this situation last fall when a member of the church, who we'll call Zoe, discovered that the Delaware Christian Church, was the church that she joined after leaving Xenos, had explicitly authorized this so-called ex-Xenos leader to teach in their church. She and her family were seeking a, re a refuge after a horrific time in the Xenos cult and had really hoped that the Delaware Christian Church would be such a place only to find this unbelievable church leadership reality confronting her there, which she could not ignore. She in turn contacted me because of our work featuring podcasts and exposés on Zenos' toxic influence and hoped I could dialogue with Rosa to help him see her concerns. Jude 4 contains an apostolic warning to contend for the Christian faith when, quote, certain men have crept in unnoticed, end quote, into the Christian church, and Clyde's free access to the spiritual and social life of the Delaware Christian church essentially is a case study of this kind of spiritual seduction. Clyde has essentially been empowered to gain an audience for his extolling praise of Xenos, which Zoe and others have confirmed takes place in the church's group and private settings. Whatever filter on the content of his teaching the church supposedly has upon its influence, it is also well known that people there have come away from relationships with Clyde as looking upon Zenos as just another Christian church. That there are actually those who are accomplishing the goals of gaining new potential recruiting audiences there at the Delaware Christian Church for Zenos Dwell. Upon trying to alert Pastor Rosa about this infiltrating activity, which is part of the Xenos Dwell cult's agenda in penetrating churches for decades in central Ohio, he almost immediately marked Zoe as divisive and satanic. In an exchange of emails and social media posts, he accused her of being slanderous and destructive. Her simple, heartfelt warning to be aware of how much of a target for heretical division that Xenos had made the church simply fell on the deaf ears of its shepherd and his elders. Longtime former Xenos members are very well aware of the well-tooled organization and strategizing that this cult executes to focus upon healthy churches for their deceptive propagandizing and recruitment, hoping to get fresh blood right out of churches into their orbit. This is just another example of the fulfillment of Jude's warning. Clyde is a card-carrying member of the certain crew Jude speaks of, and Rose's warped view of grace gave a wolf a wide-open door to the sheep pen of his own church. Before he turned up his demonizing insult upon her in one social media post, one I had been asked to review, Rosa boldly invited me to discuss it with him. That's how our ministry got involved, and we sought to provide for his short-sightedness an alternate perspective he really didn't have, despite his assertion otherwise. 
from the proud and even arrogant manner in which he conducted himself on the post, it seemed obvious he'd made up his mind and was adopting a self-righteous siege mentality over being asked to explain himself. I knew that this wasn't going to end well, but I couldn't rest without doing what I could to raise awareness and maybe even reconsideration of action by the church's leadership about this affair. I was compelled and still am compelled by a divine conviction of God's spirit and calling to engage Rosa about his stubborn devotion to allowing a wolf in sheep's clothing to browse in his Delaware church pasture. That is when I first spoke with him in a one-hour phone call in September 2022, after he'd left his phone number in the original post. After listening to his 60 minutes of self-justification and brushing off of any concern because he was convinced that what he called grace should permit Clyde to have the social space that he enjoyed there, the call ended. What it convinced me was that Rosa really needed a personal admonition no one else could ever provide, and I'd have to be the person to make that attempt, minister to minister, and face to face. So I ended up flying out to Columbus, Ohio on my own dime for a sought-after meeting with Rosa on November 1st, 2022, a couple months later. Unannounced, on a beautiful fall day, I appeared at the church and fully expected one of his secretaries to shoo me away. But Sam was outside working on some kind of set construction, and he readily agreed to meet with me on the spot. The 90-minute conversation we had thereafter included Rosa's review of all of the social media threads, as well as personal emails that Zoe had interacted with him. He pulled them all up and displayed them quite easily to me. I didn't ask for this review of this media post, but he immediately offered to read through them with me on his office at one of the biggest computer monitors I've ever seen at Pastor's office hanging from the ceiling. As he read them aloud, he came across his reactions to Zoe, and as he read them, his manner seemed to change. A shadow of a blush seemed to come over Sam as he admitted to taking too harsh an attitude in his writing. He had written in one instance that he couldn't recognize who was more destructive in the church either Satan or Zoe. He pulled this off a Facebook post he'd preserved, which I've learned he's deleted since, and this pathetically insensitive hyperbole was an outrage that he conceded unnamed elders at the church had observed were extreme. I tried to impress upon him the certifiably questionable wisdom of allowing someone still too connected to a cultic movement known for its relentless efforts to recruit people out of churches to consort so freely at his own. But he continued to assert that his monitoring of Clyde's actions had turned up nothing to alarm him, and that he was fully aware of just how toxic and dangerous that the Zenos movement is. He was convinced that the church's accountability structures were heading off any influence that Zenos might leverage through Clyde. And he startled me when he stated that at least three other people in his church were also allegedly former members as well. Despite stating the obvious, that the Delaware Christian Church has been a target of Zenos's infiltration efforts, I also passionately pressed home my concerns that the normal level of accountability they had it was questionably, again questionably, quite one-dimensional, and that a hidden solicitation by Clyde and possibly others could actually be going on in settings that they were missing or that they simply couldn't cover. This objection was met with a pious rebuff over our questioning of their monitoring or actions. 
So it became pretty clear to me that Rosa was digging his feet into his own mire, and I knew I wasn't going to get anywhere else with them. So the meeting ended with a mutual recognition of our positions, Sam's confession of his need to be more humble than we'd been, and prayer that we offer mutually for one another's ministries. Now I left knowing that this was a storm front that would gather again soon enough. But I'd done all I could do, and so had Zoe. She and her family left the church, and yet her concerns over this were such that she readily agreed to discuss them further on our Where Are We Going podcast in March of 2023, just this past uh, this past spring. I had to obey the biblical mandate for exposing what I'd come to see as a work of darkness being facilitated by a place supposedly filled with God's divine light and couldn't remain silent. In the podcast, Zoe and I shared our misgivings and stated material facts about what had gone up up to that point. Factual information which Rosa had just personally confirmed, as we've already just related here. After sharing our heartache that Xenos had wrought upon her life and marriage on the podcast across two different episodes, we decided that naming Rosa and the church and speaking plainly about the situation and where we'd left it was the best thing to do in order to be both transparent and to demonstrate our commitment to telling the truth. The spiritually perilous influences that Xenos had implanted there had been at work, and before leaving, Zoe had been advised that Xenos Dwell was a fine fellowship full of spiritual integrity by several people there at the church, despite Rosa's claim that he'd made it clear that it was actually an abusive cult. We agreed that the podcast forum was an appropriate venue to make our views clear in what is constitutionally protected freedom of speech that was in no way defamatory or slanderous. Now, for the sake of transparency, I've been on the record in the years past with my own views about the cultism of the Remnant Fellowship of Franklin, Tennessee, once led by the now deceased false prophet Gwen Shamblin, Lara, and have called it as such. Twice, Shamblin Lara had taken me to court trying to convince judges in Tennessee courtrooms that my characterizations were somehow slanderous. So believe me, I know what is slanderous behavior, and that's when one uses verbiage with an agenda of smearing reputations with malicious intent. In this case, in this case here in Delaware, We'd factually piece together what had happened at the church by both Zoe's testimony and Rose's own corroborating confirmation. Nothing plainer than the truth was revealed by both of them, which we discussed and shared our own personal opinions over, which is part of the freedom of conscience all Americans enjoy. There was no argument over what we'd agreed upon, but since Rosa was the one wanting to throw a cloak over his own profound indiscretion, that was being found out through discussion of it, she and I were aware that the possibility for blowback from him would come later. Unfortunately, Zoe was one who caught it a month or so later. That was when Rosa decided to swear out a legal complaint through the Delaware Police Department against her for what he called slander. That is to say, just for having a public opinion about his misguidance there at his church. The case summarized his demand that Zoe, who was called the respondent in the complaint, was not to be, quote, allowed to slander Delaware Christian Church or petitioner's family and staff 
on the Response podcast, end quote. Rosa had apparently taken offense to the plain facts that she'd presented in which she named members of the Delaware Christian Church's staff that she talked to about Xenos and had learned of the influence that Clyde and apparently others had already curried there. These conversations became, under Rosa's paranoid perspective, slanderous. I wasn't surprised when Zoe's mention of how Rosa's wife was given an unflattering description in his public puppeteering was also recast by his complaint as another act of slander. It was an obvious attempt to deflect attention from his own pastoral compromise over Clyde's activity, as well as depict himself and his wife, who'd been the subject of his own imprecatory remark, as the victims. It's not uncommon for those with something to hide to do anything they can to clutch a fig leaf around their indiscretion and make a clumsy effort to appear like a wronged innocent, only to instead expose their gross error even more. We have to note that Spirit Watch Ministries was never given any legal summons by anyone representing Rosa or the Delaware Christian Church. Never was apparently named in the complaint as a correspondent to be summoned to court, and was never contacted by Rosa personally at all. The podcast that the alleged slander by Zoe occurred was not produced, uploaded, or distributed by her at all, and yet Rosa's complaint infers she owned and operated. The last contact I had with Rosa was in his office in November 2022 up to this point. We aren't surprised to see that this glaring failure of any legal process against us took place. His legal confusion was a sight to see. And while we were never reached out to directly by him or his lawyer, Rosa had thought he could intimidate us the same way he'd pressured Zoe and her family, since she lives in the same community he does. She'd noticed him sitting in his car, she told us, in the street, watching her come home from work, parked in the roadway and glaring straight at her. Now, this is the observed behavior of a neighborhood bully stuck in a road rage kind of mindset but who on Sundays is supposedly a clergyman in charge of the spiritual destiny of hundreds of people as church. The utter moral depravity of Rosa at this point speaks for itself, and we need say no more about how twisted it is other than to say how unworthy such behavior really is of a Christian minister and a public figure. It's the Delaware Christian Church's responsibility to deal with this themselves, since according to 1 Peter 4.17, it is they who are to ask the questions, since the verse says, the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. I have done enough to declare what is going on, and God will require this tribe of the body of Christ to be accountable for it and for what they do in the future. On May 9th, Zoe and her husband went to the Delaware County Courts before a magistrate who was to be hearing the case. While she could have fought Rosa's ham-handed squelching of her freedom of speech, the course was ultimately resolved when, upon her request and hers alone, Spirit Watch Ministries pulled the two podcasts down, which, according to her lawyer, was what Rosa wanted. We pulled them off after she verbally asked us to do so. The case was then closed, and life moved on. Zoe went her way, warned by her lawyer to have nothing to do with me any further, but we wished her well and pray for her daily today, even this moment, that she find peace and a renewal of faith once more. 
Rose's castigation of her as a tool of Satan only shows how ill-equipped for spiritual discernment he really is, despite all of his pastoral training and experience. Zoe's ethical position is frankly far more consistent with biblical Christian values and morality than this so-called pastor has demonstrated. To say how repugnant his treatment of her has been is simply an understatement. It's unconscionable that anyone claiming to be a shepherd of a Christian flock could ever dream to do as he has done, much less actually commit the mayhem he actually is guilty of. Rose's fumbling fury and anointed arrogance couldn't remain silent. We're not sure who posted it, but I personally believe it was his doing when the following bit of vitriolic indignation using the Delaware Christian Church Facebook account was posted on our own Spirit Watch Ministries timeline page at some point after May 15th. Mr. Rafael Martinez, you were advised by lawyers on May 9th to remove the posts concerning Delaware Christian Church. A week have passed, and you have not done so. This is now a request from us directly. Please remove this episode and the post concerning us. The failure to do so will result on appropriate legal actions towards you and your ministry. End quote. Well, this was, I believe, Rosa simply firing a shot across our bow. And while I won't re- read our full response, which is posted on that same May 15th entry on Facebook, I'll quote just one representative portion of our response, which you can read as yourselves. On the, on the page. I said, For someone so full of biblical knowledge, the fact that you would sue a Christian in full violation against the biblical mandate against doing so, found in 1 Corinthians 6, 1-8, really shows how morally bankrupt you really are. You can choose to bring your church into the struggle, but the issue has never been with them, but with your corruption. Posting on Facebook from your church's account is pretty revealing any elders empowering your disobedience and carnality had better realize what they are about to stand for and the consequences of what you are about to face. God help your deluded followers, and may he help you. My prayer for you is that you repent of your wickedness. As you can tell, we withstood Rose's mindless accusation with the facts as we've already presented here. I'm very aware that God will one day judge me for what I have done and said and for what he has done. And said, Rosa will also face God at the great beam and seat judgment of his works, as will I. He claims to know, as we were sharing in his office, to know his primal fear that all preachers should bear of standing before God to give account for your undone testimony. Frankly, there's nothing more sobering than to really consider what you will say to God about what you will say his name. But I sleep well at night, knowing I pursued the only course I had in this matter, and that was to call Rosa to repent over his eclipse of reason. I'm certainly probably only takes naps these days. Our prayers, and that of many others, is that he repent of his sin and come clean of it. Now, the last I heard, this is still the United States of America from where these podcasts originate. Freedom of thought and speech are still our rights as citizens to exercise. As a United States Navy veteran, I served our country, defended the Constitution and our way of life, and I defended, among other things, Pastor Rose's right to be grotesquely wrong in his ungodly activity. And I'm standing up to assert that both Zoe and I had the right to publicly question that and characterize it as ungodly. These are 
our First Amendment protected opinions and any institution in the United States seeking to silence that is legally bankrupt themselves and must be chastised for being an instrument of oppression. If that includes the attempt of Pastor Rosa to continue to legally and privately harass, it should be so noted and he be given the opportunity to feel the chastisement of God's corrective might in whatever way he sees fit to bring it on to him. Now we are ready to go to court and to give a defense that will leave the Delaware Christian Church, sadly, with a lot of legal expenses they could have avoided by calling their flashy and vain pastor aside to knock off his shenanigans. While this goes on, Delaware Christian Church, it is the cult of Zenos that laughs and laughs at you, as well as everybody else in the body of Christ, knowing that their ability to turn people into advocates for the heresy is still largely intact, but is no longer a secret. And on that very point, we won't be staying silent. The dispatches from the front lines and our conflict with them will continue. Stay tuned and see you on radio. Thanks for listening today as we explore just where are we going. Our prayer is that you have been encouraged and strengthened and if necessary, challenged in your daily journey through life. Jesus is coming. You can fall with the night or you can rise with the sun. The choice is yours. You can email us with questions and comments at feedback at spiritwatch.org. And if you need urgent personal spiritual help, email us at help at spiritwatch.org. We look forward to hearing from you. Please follow our podcasting at our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org. This podcast is a production of Spirit Watch Ministries, taking heed that no man deceives you. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more.